You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Are you ready? You're making me nuts. Are you ready? <laughs> you ready now? Are you ready? Oh, God. Are you ready now? I'm resigning <laughs> from this position. In the last, I swear to God... Uh, on all things godly. Are you ready? That anyone believes in. That in the last, I don't know, seven to eight minutes, you have said, are you ready? And I'm like, in just a minute. Are you ready now? And you've got your finger on some button. Ready? I'm like, just a minute. Just a minute. And then you're like, are you ready? Are you ready? How old are you? Five? Seriously. Are you, re- are you ready now? No comment. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I don't find it comical. I do. It's quite, it's quite funny. And amusing. <laughs> Alright, so it's Sunday, July the 24th, it's 2011, this is after the show number 182. The movie we're looking at this week is Source Code, the Blu-ray release, 2011 movie. Are we done? Releases on... Are we done yet? Releases on Blu-ray on Tuesday, the 26th of July, so that's this Tuesday if you want to pick this one up. It's on Blu-ray, it's rated R... No, it's not rated R. It's rated PG-13. I did miswrite that. And um, the tagline for this movie is Make Every Second Count. Good tagline or bad tagline? Sit talk. I like it, but PG-13? Yes, PG-13. That doesn't even seem right. Really? But That's I'll what take it is. your word for it. Um, no, good tagline. And, and it's from Good our, tagline for life. Yes. <laughs> and it's from our friends at Summit <clears throat> Entertainment. Sorry, I've got a frog in my throat. Um, and you're going to give us a synopsis of Source Code. Oof. Quantum physics smashed into a movie. <laughs> and that's it, really. Uh, a project, a government project, possibly secret, we don't know, um, is utilizing the concept of quantum physics by linking up um, reality and... Uh, Maybe Come a bit nearer to the mic. The you're not possible. you're not mic'd properly. I'm not mic'd really, properly. You've got really small. Um... I got small nothing, boy. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing on me that's small. All right, that's good. That's bad. I think that's uh, that's it, really. I, I don't want to divulge too much, but it's uh, quantum physics and reality and trying to use the mind to thwart. Of course, we're going into you know um, stopping terrorism. Territory. Don't think that's any secret, but that's kind of the thing. But so a tart thriller. A tart. 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 Like, like a strawberry tart. No, like tart. Tart. Like a, like like a rope that's pulled. Yes. Tart. A tart thriller. Sci-fi slash. Bit sci-fi. Bit. Real worldy. Action. Excuse me. Bit otherworldy. Bit. Alternate worldy. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing. Um. Nothing like um, fantastical about it, but it's got elements of well, quantum physics. Look it up; it's kind of weird shit, you know. And very hard to understand. All right, mo- <laughs> yeah. moving on to the uh, movie uh, Source Code. Um, didn't know what to expect. Not even seen a trailer for this one, to be honest. And when I said to you, I, I looked at the cover a couple of times this week when I was inputting the data into that sheet. I just kept thinking of the movie Eagle Eye and thinking, I bet this is like Eagle Eye. Thankfully, it's not like Eagle Eye. Because Eagle Eye was horrible. And it this, wasn't horrible. But it was. Just... It was horrible for me. And in fact, she was in it, wasn't she? Michelle Moynihan. Moynihan, yeah. She was, yeah. Maybe that's why I kept... Because I saw her name. But anyway. And that was LaBeouf, right? Yeah. Um, no, I didn't like it, I'm afraid. It was... Um, it doesn't make it horrible, it was, but it was It wasn't... was on a par of Deja Vu for me. Yeah, it wasn't... Yeah. And Deja Vu was also horrible. Um, it was missing elements like entertainment and good story cohesive and... <laughs> plot <laughs> all those things anyway um this not movie. that this one has that not really i mean there's a little jumping around but you know so this movie source code didn't know what to expect um i feel like i'm a little too intimate with the microphone if you must no, you're know. good where you are um okay. didn't know what to expect and really enjoyed it i it, really enjoyed it it was um in fact in the first few minutes i was just captivated like locked in and for me it's um a number of things. One, I think it's really well directed. Um, meaning, not how it looks. I'm just meaning how it is staged. Thank you, Mr. Bowie's sperm. Correct. Yeah, directed <laughs> by David Bowie's son. Um, 
Secondly, the four main actors in this movie really put in good performances. I agree. And my favourite thing, and it's not a single performance, it's the subtleness of Gyllenhaal and um, Bridget Michelle Moynihan. Oh yeah, they have this subtle. It almost like they're almost like they're a real item of something. And for Mika, between her the, her reactions to things, and I think that's what elevates this movie. Because really, if, if it had lesser actors in it, I think it would be a little cheesier. Yeah, you mean like if it had LaBeouf? <laughs> yeah, it would possibly be one of those movies that we're saying to each other now. Didn't really like that. Not necessarily. We could be attributing quality to the director as well. Yeah. This may not be somebody who wants to hype up the big action, the big what, but he kind of digs deep. Actually, interestingly enough, when you say that, it feels quite intimate, this movie. Because it actually takes place on a train, uh, in a couple of carriages of a train, and... In a uh, lab. In a lab. So there are not many locations, even though we do see a little bit of the city and stuff. So it does feel intimate and small, Mm -hmm. but it feels like... It didn't cost particularly much to make, but it feels like they got the most out of the money. Oh, yeah, Because it didn't, doesn't feel it looks cheap. looks really good. And it doesn't feel... You know when they try and make some movies on a smaller scale and they come across feeling like a stage play or something? It doesn't feel like that. It feels like a action movie. And there are some good sequences of action. Yeah. Not a, partic- not a lot. No. Just enough, though, to like punctuate the... Like sort of like pay pay off at a certain moment here and there, and there are a couple of moments with a little bit of uh, you kind of roll your eyes at the CGI, just the tiniest bit. But the impact of what you're, the idea of what you're seeing, you kind of goes through you a little bit. And the other thing I loved was just the way it's um, set up. Is um, did, did we explain they're on a train? Slight spoilers here. They're on a train. Total spoilers if you're going to talk about the actual story, so be prepared. All right, then. If you don't want to know much about the story, which we knew nothing and it made it so much better. Yeah, turn off. Stop now, go watch it, and then listen to this after. Hopefully hopefully you've read what this podcast is about. You've already seen it, and now you're coming to watch it. I don't think that's how people watch, listen to movie podcasts, though, is it? Mm, I only will watch, I will only listen to them if I've seen the movie. See, I think we're opposite of people, because I think most people want I don't you to know tell what them about. what it's about, whether you like it, whether it's good, and then they'll go, mm, I'm not going to see it, because I schooly didn't like it. I actually like recommendations of people, but only if they're like, hey, hey, schooly, you might like source code because I just think you might like it I'm not telling you what it's about though you mean like Amazon? (laughs) no like a friend I don't want a friend to say do you know what source code is about this train blah 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 blah. you might like it I don't want that I want source code when I was watching it and it it finished I was thinking you would like that because I know what you like you know I prefer that kind of recommendation where it's still vague and I like to recommend things to people that way also. Right, that's why when we do this show, and when I say, oh, do we really want to talk about that? And you go, well, we can't talk about it because we'll, we'll have nothing to talk about. But I want people to be very clear that if we do discuss it, you'll get details that I think are better unknown before you see the movie. So saying that, this is this is spoilers. The way yes. the movie's set up is um, kind of like Groundhog Day. You see a scene... And then it's played out several times during the movie, but different occur- occurrences. I mean, it's not great. Yeah, yeah. It's that. It's like that kind of setup. So going into it, and it's just an eight-minute period of time um, where some things happen, and you see this eight-minute period of time differently or several times over the course of the movie, which some people might think, "Oh, that sounds boring." But they pull it off the way so it is directed well. and the way it is paced, um, there's just enough of everything to keep you in. There's, there's action, there's um, jeopardy, there's humour in some parts where they just they just go, okay, this version of the eight minutes is the funny eight minutes. Or this, uh, that's a bit well, overt, but yeah. No, but I, I mean, they inject, just when you think it's super, like, they inject a bit of humour or, like, you know, he plays with the idea of well, I can do what I want in this train. Yeah. Um, this is just nothing, so I can... I mean, there's no there's no frolicking or anything. Don't make it sound like there's a farcical moment, because there's none of that. There are some parts where I giggled and laughed, just yeah, because but, of his choice. Because he, like... he knows the setup by now, and he just... It's like Groundhog Day. 
I disagree completely. Wow, I disagree completely. He knows the setup and he plays with it like like a sandbox. Wow, that's a big statement that I completely disagree with. I, I can with. tell you, I can. There's at least three instances that he does that. No, I was. I would just define it completely differently, but. Well, that's my opinion. So, um, and you know, it's one of those movies open to interpretation. I think. I think that's just wrong. <laughs> it's not. So. Um, it's not like a romp in the fantasy world it, it, or anything no, like I that. I said nothing of the sort. I said that he plays with the scenario because he knows what the scenario is. Subtle. He, I yeah, think it's subtle. Yeah, I'm not saying it's a romp. I'm not saying he puts on like women's clothes and runs around the train like Benny Hill. I'm talking about he... That's kind of the impression you were giving. Well, that's not the impression. Okay. But that would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I think our opinion would have dropped considerably. Jill and Hall in a French maid's outfit running up and down there with the music playing. That'd That's awesome. kind of what you were making. That could have been on. a deleted scene. I think everyone else would interpret what you were saying but exactly anyway, as that. I, there's enough humour injected there just to take the edge off the jeopardy because there is some serious jeopardy that you're already fully aware of from yes. the opening scene. Um, there's, you know, it's a, it's like a who done it, but really high concept who done it. Yeah, and, and I feel and, like even though we're, he's going back into this thing and he. And I don't want to sound like a pretentious movie filmy head or whatever, but the the character, as we're watching him, and all this stuff, there's replaying of the same event, and he's having to struggle to figure out stuff, and he's got other characters that are stuck in this same time loop thing or whatever, and yet his character really does progress completely from the way he behaves and the way he acts, the way all of it goes, to me, it's done Perfectly. I'm not. I'm, I'm there with him the whole time. There's no action hero-y going on. There's no big heavy-duty romance thing going on. There's no, like, stop and start of, oh, in this segment, he's Mr. Superhero. Oh, and in this no. segment, he's Mr. Romantic Comedy. And in this, he actually, as a character, Progresses. goes um, from us feeling his loss and confusion... To him getting a grasp, not necessarily of what's going on, because I actually feel like that's irrelevant. It's more of an internal thing that he's coming to terms with and all. You have to see it to know what I mean, but I felt like that was done absolutely brilliantly. In my opinion, again, opinion, but... And there's the scenes outside of the train that take place in his little um, cockpit-style thing, where he's dealing with the people who... Did, have we explained this? That it's a government project um, about memory. He's communicating through like a webcam. Yeah, I don't want to spoil all of that. No, but, no. But when he's when he's dealing with these the government project, he's dealing with this one lady in particular, and um, the relationship between him and her is is as good as the relationship on the train with. Absolutely. So she is. Amazing, I must say. I, I think Gyllenhaal is amazing in this. Oh, I did I'm too. not a massive fan of him. Right? Pr- Prince of Persia, it kind of lo- he, he kind of lost me in that one. Yeah, um, I really liked him in Jarhead. Yeah, I think that is a possibly my favorite performance of his Jarhead. But this really, I wasn't expecting that. As soon as I saw him, you know, the, looking in the window at the beginning, I was like, okay. I, I, last thing I saw with him was um, Prince of Persia. That's in my that taste is in my mouth. And you're thinking Eagle Eye. I'm thinking Shia LaBeouf. This is going to be very ordinary performance. I'm going to be kind of whatever. Or like Paycheck with uh, Affleck. You know, it's going to be one of those like... Uh, but Yeah, just whatever. Like by the end of it, you're just like, okay. You know. But, but it no, doesn't take long for the show, it. doesn't he? But he's really... It's real, And it, the story's interesting enough the entire way through to keep you... And there are moments of just... I. I I just was in my mind if it didn't come out of my mouth it was in my mind like that's just it's like awesome little tiny moments like because he gets the grasp that in this replaying of this mo- of these eight minutes he could, he kind of has freedom but he never fully fully he doesn't ever just like go for it or well, anything that, that, like but they there say, are little you've got to tiny, stick to the thing but, yeah but there are little tiny things that he does like the way he approaches people that's inappropriate and uncomfortable and you just think I mean he does it in a way I just love like when he sits on the bench with the guy and kind of nudges him really hard and you're like oh that's uncomfortable and there's subtle things about him I don't know I just bought into it so completely Um, that's one thing about movies that if I'm not totally in it 
But when I am, even this, it kind of confused me a little bit now and then. But I was told he made the huge difference. And, and for me, like Groundhog Day, where you kind of don't know how many times this simulation's been run. Even though we see, what, six or seven versions of this simulation, there's also the feeling of it was a lot more yeah. versions because he gets very uh, adept at certain things where when he does them, the you might see him do something the second time and he's like super expert at what he did. So you're like, how many times did they really yeah. run this simulation? So I like the idea of that, like Groundhog Day. I don't know how long it was. I don't know how much they put this guy through. And they're really putting this guy through shit. Um it's, it's a really interesting... Mentally. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a me- it's all mental. You know, and I definitely don't want to reveal... No. <laughs> because I think they're actually quite mind-blowing blowing the reveals. Yeah. I didn't... Yeah. One of them in particular, I was... It left field. You mean the... Yeah. I was <laughs> like... I was like, um... Okay. Uh, I, that was not in my radar whatsoever. So that is awesome. I, I feel very uncomfortable now. Yeah. yeah, because then you think back of the entire thing, and you're like, "Oh my god, yeah, really?" You know, the government are. Um, hey, you know, I guess <laughs> lab. The government's always the bad guy. Often. Kind, yeah. You know, like <laughs> yeah. We've got this thing. We've got so much power. Yeah. Um, and we have to keep solving problems for the future of humanity. Yeah. That we're going to have to have some lab rats along yeah, the way. Yeah, exactly. It's the old age-old story that you've seen a million times, but this has a really unique yeah. spin, I think. Yeah, I, I totally loved it. I really did. I had a great time. It was... Um, I think I can't... I mean, to be very honest, there were moments when I'm like, okay, okay, I don't need the Jeffrey Wright character. Uh-uh, I don't uh-uh. want all the explanation all the time. I I want a little less of the laying out of the... Yeah, that, that, that uh, actually... That, because it... That portion of the movie, exposition muddies, time, I call yeah. it, when Jeffrey Wright decides to tell the audience and the main character the entire thing, like in this textbook fashion. yeah. It was a horrible, sloppy way of doing that for I me. I felt like, I yeah. think you could have done it subtly through the Vera Firminga character. Oh, completely. Instead of a guy going, okay, uh, do you really want to know this? Blah, 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 Did you get all that? And you're kind of like, kind of. And the weird thing is, he does. He totally understands that. But we don't, as an audience, we're like, okay, I've got a portion of that, and then now I have to kind of put that into the plot and then carry on right but yeah I didn't yeah it's like very out of character for the other and I'll say it beautiful ways that Formiga who's the the woman uh, soldier lady she's what is she officer. scientist officer but I mean she's the she's like a communicate yeah. person with him she's the voice that he hears and all that kind of stuff the way that she I think that you could have in such more quiet ways had her explain even though you know the little part where I, she says she reads the little paragraph to him and she does the cards with him which I feel like is yeah. what is that like a re- reboot yeah, for the mind every thing. time yeah. right if you if she all they had to do was tag a couple lines of dialogue here and there with that yep and that would be going oh well, I get it that was the only part the weakness of the movie was that to yeah me, so, of the story so let's move on to the cast. We got Jake Gyllenhaal as um, Coulter Stevens. Um, fantastic. Yeah, as we said, really, fun, really good because Michelle. if you think about all the different things he does, there is a little bit of action. There's a little bit of fighting. There's crying. There's there's a really comedy. emotional scene he pulls off. Yeah. Too, oh, totally. Uh, totally. And uh, you, you, and you know what? That as that was unfolding on the telephone, I'm not going to say to the audience what it what it is. I didn't cry, but the scope of that telephone call is it's enough to it sends shivers down your spine it shivers down my spine what I mean is it's that kind of what if we I both could. have a certain distance thing from particular people in our lives that that yeah. is d- addressing sort of yeah and it kind of taps in and he does it in a way that you're just it's perfect yeah. the way he does the call it's, it's not it's sassy all, the, I think it's the best scene in the movie because I was like it's a quiet little scene that takes place a little bit off... The, you know, he goes to a little quiet mm-hmm. place and does this scene. And it's like... The the gravity of it... At first, I was like, okay. And then I was like, yeah, this is really deep shit that he's doing here. So, and but then, then, he also has and then the- when he come, has to come back... I, as he said all that stuff, he has to come back down to earth. And he send her, he goes like, okay, I've done that. Yeah, like, now, a, like closure has happened. 
now yeah. whatever you know and i think but then there are the little little humor moments between he and her that are between he and michelle moynihan that are like you said they feel like a couple already and there are the like when he says something to her and she looks at him and this she walks on away and then he's like oh, right because he says something that she's like whatever yeah. and it's so i think sometimes in this in an action movie where you feel like this is going to be action a lot of people don't fine-tune their attention. And if you're paying really close attention to their facial expressions and the way they move to each other and their body, everything, to me, adds to the quality. Yeah. If you're just waiting for the next action sequence or the next kiss or whatever, I mean, you're going to miss a lot of this movie. And this is one of those movies where, like the sixth sense, when you've seen it, you've seen it kind of thing. But I think, <laughs> yeah, but I think if you if you go back and uh, the subtlety of that acting between them all, once you do know, mm-hmm. will mean more to you. Like because it is one of those where you could see it again and go, oh my god, yeah, that was an interesting moment. Now I know what they think. Yeah, and one of the things about Formiga, and I keep bringing her up because I'm I think I'm in love with her, um, is that she's the only one throughout that's fully aware of everything. Right? She knows the deal. Now, we don't know anything, and he doesn't know anything. So her facial expressions, because all we're seeing her on is like a webcam with the microphone thing. And there are things where she and just when, barely blinks her eye and tilts her head and looks down. And you're, I'm, she's feeding me so much information. Like when he asks ways. her a question that she hasn't got the clearance to tell him. And then she has to kind of look off to the side and say, look, he needs something to keep him going. But in a way, it's not like... Yeah. No, that's not really what I'm talking about. It's more like the moments when she doesn't divert to anyone. She just has to pull up in herself away. Because, I mean, she's super up close. And it's an can... interesting relationship because she's really... She's getting close to him because she's working with him right. all this time. But she also has to be professional. She also has this boss to answer to. She can't really say much. And the magnitude is... Of the yeah, it's, consequences it's grave. is big, it's, yeah. It's the, we're talking like, you know, lives. So... Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, so Michelle Moynihan plays Christina Warren. You know, like I really said, she liked her. Preferred her in this than I did in Eagle Eye. Sure. You know, I mean, she's gone, baby, gone. Yeah. Um, what was the other thing I saw? Her? Uh, was she in um, one of my recommendations? No. 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 I'm thinking she was somebody's girlfriend in the town, but might not think have been so. in the town. Um, kiss, I mean, kiss, kiss, bang, bang. That's one of my recommendations. I'll get to that later. But she was the girlfriend in uh, Gone Baby Gone. Right. So, um, Vera Formiga, Formiga is in is Colleen Goodwin, and she's the officer in charge of this simulation, as we call it. Um, she, yeah, she's she's really good. Brilliant. And I, you know when you say she's she's brilliant, I think they're actually all brilliant, apart from the next guy. <laughs> who you like a lot. I really like him. Jeffrey Wright, who is from Broken Flowers. In Broken Flowers, he was hilarious. He's also from... Broken Flowers is a good is recommendation. Is he from James Bond? Yes, I believe he is. Yeah, he is. He's the... CIA. The guy, yeah. Yeah, yeah. he's that guy. Um, I don't like him in this at all. He's, he's, he's putting on this weird... Um, He's trying to be this quantum physics professor yes. type, but he... Stuffy. He, what he does pull off is that he's a little stuffy and that he's also a cog in a machine. He wants recognition. He wants uh, the publicity. He wants to be acknowledged for this great work that he's doing. And everyone else is fairly peripheral to him. Now, that I think he pulls off in Actually, a sort of smug way. I was going to say, come to think of it. Every time he spoke, I hate. I hated what was. I hated the way. It was uncomfortable. I hated the affliction he was putting on it, and I just hated the way he was delivering the lines. But then, when I think about it, I think we're supposed to not like him, right? Yeah. I mean, is that person in the in the is that character? So was he trying to make you know? Hmm. Was the whole like okay? I will be a bit annoying to you. I will be a bit. He was. There was some about him you just felt. But then that's it. He felt. I don't know. It felt it, that, he's uh, exploitive, and he is the guy in the lab poking the rat over and over, who's trying to. Okay, let's put it this way: say he's the scientist who wants to cure cancer, but he's torturing these poor rats so horribly. And his attitude is, oh, everyone's expendable because the goal is to cure cancer, right? So you have to admire 
his ultimate what he wants to get done but in the process he he makes me feel uncomfortable and his other his other interesting trait is he's um, quiet though I like here's that here's where Firminga steps in Formiga Formiga steps in he has no emotional bonds to anything it's just a project and that's it and she realizes that this guy's really is a human being so she has to right. she can't treat him like he does so they're, they're the two sides of the she's coin she's the Charlie Sheen <laughs> from, you know from uh, what did we just watch Hot Shots no no <laughs> when he says they're human beings from the war movie Platoon Platoon he's saying that you Hot know. Shots <laughs> <laughs> was he in Hot Shots? Yes, Probably wasn't. Yes. <laughs> well, what happened to him? Platoon, <laughs> Hot Shots. What happened along the line there? In the show, he's, he's very famous. Day off, awesome. But what happened to him? Two and a half men. Some would say it was awesome. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Nervous. Is he an experiment in a, some <laughs> government plot that we're an alternate reality? Anyway, with we've him? talked enough about Charlie Sheen <laughs> for the rest of the century, right? So, um, directed by Duncan Jones, who is David Bowie's son, who also directed Moon you haven't seen Moon who's his mother by the way why is it such a big deal that David Bowie is his father he has a mother he does is it who's David Bowie's woman Im- Iman Iman yeah I think he probably had a wife before that right so whoever the wife before that was <laughs> um, I'm just saying but anyway um, he directed Moon which uh, oh I've right. seen I've seen Moon on Netflix you never saw it when we first got Netflix the very first couple of weeks you went off on a holiday for two weeks to... Germany. Wherever it was. And I had this new Netflix and I happened to watch Moon, which is uh, Sam Rockwell. Directed. Here's a marriage Here's a marriage thing for you. My husband, you, if I say, oh, I want to watch this one. Oh, I want to watch it with you. Don't watch it without me. But then I find out you watch all kinds of shit without me. Well, uh, so I'm just saying. I'm recommending you watch Moon, on, Net- watch Moon on Netflix because um, it, it's a great movie and it's got a lot of similarities to this movie. I like how you just brush over that, that you actually do that. But I'm just telling you. Uh, and Sam, the world. Sam Rockwell is uh, the star. Uh, in fact, Sam Rockwell, as far as I remember, is the only person in that it's movie. It's good for the goose, it's good for the gander. Right? <laughs> I don't know, I've not seen it. Well, you can just pick it up on Netflix and watch it. Thanks. Whenever you want. Um, but now yeah, that you've seen it that was his first movie that's um, awesome and this is his second movie so um, and this yeah they're both great and the first movie is also really low budget probably lower budget than this in a, in a long Sam Rockwell's good um, so yeah he's a great so a, far so good a very young director who is one to watch I think you know we'll probably see him doing bigger and better then again when we saw the island or the beach you realize not every director who you actually really love and admire does a wonderful job every single time or brings a movie to you that you really love every time. No, but Danny Boyle has... That's the only one. Yeah, I'm saying, though, not every... you know. And The could. Island is fantastic, by the way. I didn't mean The Island. I meant The Beach. Yeah. Uh, the Island, Michael Bay. I know people hate Michael Bay, but... Like that was a slip of the tongue, so I didn't mean I know, that. but I'm just talking about it. I'm just saying. The Island is fantastic. One of my favorite sci-fi movies. I think it's... Um, it has its weaknesses, I love its concept. Though. The concept is awesome, yeah. yeah. Um, in the same way... I was going to say, The Beach is a good concept. I just didn't like how it was done. I disagree. Because I, I think, think it's, it's a, a book concept. based on a book, and yeah. I liked the story. But... Really? Yeah, just actually, go to a place where there's drugs and thugs and... Yeah, what? but there's more to it than that. I don't remember it then. I blocked it out. I didn't like it. I think it if so you watch it again, if you think about there's more to it than you think. Okay. You just need to see it again. It's not going to make it any better. But, <laughs> um, so that is everybody in the movie. So DV, uh, Blu-ray extras in this case, there is a one, oh, well, two. There's an audio commentary with the director and there's also a, what do you call this thing? It's, um, let me look. It's the access source code mode. And what is that? That is that you rewatch the movie, you turn on all the features, and as you're watching, there's a little timer in the corner that tells you in one minute you're going to get a bit of trivia, in one minute you're going to get a little picture-in-picture, which is behind the scenes, either an interview with one of the cast and crew or the director talking about making the movie. But you don't get a list... 
to pick and choose. You have to watch that we know of. Now, I, I feel like if you dig around, you there isn't. Like, but it's a worthwhile going I, through. And the I movie know again. you. And during the week, you'll watch it again. I will. And, and there's a lot of information to be had. There's, and the trivia isn't all about the movie. Because I mean, at the beginning, there's like it opens like a lot of movies do, looking at a city. Right? It was really good. That it I is was good. Really, um, and I. You know what I, I remember think, though, thinking to myself, happens. I'm skirting reality here because it looks so perfect, but it was actually shots of a city. And I'm thinking, this movie, this was the very first thoughts, this movie is going to examine a little bit of human condition or human something or other, good and bad in them. It actually um, kicks off really fast, too, this movie. Like, yeah. Like, as soon as it starts, you're right in there, and that you know, you kind of. Yeah, because the first scene, the first. Yeah, the first play of the eight minutes. Yeah, it's obvious that there's some. Yeah, something's jarring and weird. And but yeah. yeah, when I see that opening scene of the city, I always think in my mind, I would like a montage of all open <laughs> all movies that open overlooking a city because there are thousands of literally them. Yeah. yes. Um, so yeah, so th- this uh, special feature it gives you definitely you should go through the movie again, especially if yeah. you. Uh, you know, especially listen to his commentary if you're kind of thinking, I want to know a bit more about... Yeah, it's not just the comment, not just the director, not just the cast, but it has a professor of yeah. quantum... I mean, he, prof- he professes or teaches other things, but he's also an expert in quantum. Who grounds the theories for you. Yeah, try to, well, he says, yeah. try to link the reality of quantum physics with what they're trying to tell in the story. So that would be interesting. It would. Um, Even though I still think it's kind of bullshit, but whatever. What? I don't believe in quantum physics. No, but you know, it's if you are, if you do, and you're interested, there's a, it's a quite a deep experience. If you go back and watch, you're going to get. A lot I of believe stuff. more in Doctor Who than I do in quantum physics. That the possibility of traveling through time. And Doctor Who has some quantum physics stuff yeah. in that thrown in there. Um, so true. In conclusion, um, source code. I love very that. enjoyable. Um, Great way to spend a hundred degree day in the basement. It's my second favorite train movie this year. <laughs> my first one being Unstoppable, which I loved. You did, yeah. Um, How many other train movies have you seen this year? Just those two. <laughs> so it's my second favorite. <laughs> it's number two out of two, which, when you really think about it, it's, it's not very good. No, no, I guess not. <laughs> it's at the bottom of the list. But you know, for me, if you're going to, com- Tony Scott's always going to be at the top of the pile for me, you know. So Unstoppable, directed by Tony Scott. Excellent movie. Um, People who don't listen to us may not know what you're talking about. Well, you know, movies. Go back and listen to Unstoppable. So uh, yeah, I I recommend this a lot. I think it's really, really a good time. And it's. um, I think though, if you're kind of superficial and you're, I mean, I don't fully understand it, but I'm not an idiot. If you actually are an idiot, (laughs) you might not like it. (laughs) You might come out and go, I don't understand that. Why was there no football? Well, like if you didn't, if you watched Inception and you bitch and moan because you don't get it, then you're not gonna like. If you like Inception, if you like a movie where, if you like a movie where you have to think a little bit, a little bit, and it's not fully explained, and you can make up your own kind of interesting ideas, and you can have a discussion about it like we're doing now after the movie. This is one for you. Oh my god, we skipped over the before the after the show. I'm gonna have to rewind. Okay, pretend we're at the beginning. Our before the after the show discussion was. This movie. We talked about it for like 20 yeah. minutes before we got That's started. That's why we didn't have it. Yeah, yeah. So um, we skipped that. That's what I'm saying. So this movie will give you a discussion. I think there's a lot. To, there's a lot. Like like we were saying, we were trying to yeah. get... We both had theories and we were like pushing them together. One thing I did say immediately when the movie was over was... What I found and kind of glaringly obvious was it's a very hopeful, positive vibe. Yep. Even though it's got a real dark potential thing it shows the two things in life that you can be a destructive asshole and see the world that way or you can look at all the life the potential of us and and like thrive on that i think that you know yep so recommended (laughs) by me um thanks to summit entertainment for the blu-ray and thank you summit entertainment you can go to um the website ascoli.com and enter a contest next week's blu-ray review will be um arthur on blu-ray disc russell brand jennifer i have to be honest i'm not excited at all and arthur is one of my all-time favorite movies i have to say i know the dialogue i can see the scene right now where he goes in the cafe and she's trying to wait on people and she's like wait for your your telephone and I don't I think it's not, a scene for scene remake. I don't think it is either, but it doesn't matter. I think whoever conceived 
The idea to make another Arthur movie needs to have needs to be bent over my knee and have their ass swatted, and not in a good sexual way like they might like it, but in a way that tells them, naughty, naughty. Now, if it's a good, fun movie, fine, but you shouldn't have conceived it to begin with. But um, yeah, I don't like Russell Brand, but that's beside the point. You don't? I do. All right. Well, yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, it could be fun. Um, so Arthur is the movie for next week. Uh, movie tagline fun. Last week I did get this. You did get it, and I. If ever in life anything could make me dislike you, that was it. So that's one zero to me. Um, so is your movie tagline and the audience. If you want to, when I've said the movie tagline, pause and try and guess it, and then come back when you think you've got it. So, I, I forget what it is. Hold on. <laughs> I, the, okay, the game is uh, movie tagline fun. One of us, every week we swap back and forth. We come up with a tagline from a movie, obscure or whatever. We just shuffle through the all movie taglines that we can find. You pick one, mm. you say it to the other person, and we have to guess what movie and it is. And you, the audience, can participate. And so, so far, I have got none of them, and you got last week's. All right, so here's yours for this week. Movie tagline fun. Every man dies, not every man really lives. Every man dies, not every man really lives. Oh, I think I've seen that. I think I've seen that on a poster. Every man dies, not every man really lives. Oh my god. That's like right here. It's right here inside on my tongue, on the tip of my tongue. You ain't gonna get it though, are you? Have I seen it? Yes. Have I seen it with you? Yes. Oh my god. Some, um, is it The Sixth Sense? No. <laughs> um, okay, one more guess. One more guess. Is it a zombie movie? No. <laughs> okay, tell me what it is. It's Braveheart. Oh yeah, I never would have guessed that in a bazillion years. Why? Because it has nothing to do with um, what I'm thinking as sci-fi death and suspended Actually, life if you've and... not seen Braveheart, there's kind of a spoiler there. Not really, because you can look up Braveheart, it's yeah, a true yeah. story. That's I guess, a good but one. you might not know the true story. You might just watch Braveheart. Fine. So right. there's another one that I didn't get. Winner. No, we're not done yet. How so, many are we gonna? How many are we going to end on? Five. What? Five. Five what? First to five. And then we're done? We'll never do it again? We'll think of a new game. <laughs> I'll that? sabotage it, because I like this game. All right. So, uh, movie recommendations this week. My two movie recommendations. Number one is Groundhog Day. It uh, has a lot of meanings to me, if, you're not, if you've not listened to this show before. One, Groundhog Day is our wedding day, or was our wedding day, is our wedding anniversary every year. Uh, we got married on Groundhog Day because of both of our loves of the movie Groundhog Day. Aww, yes, so we did. sweet. Um, so yeah, Groundhog Day. Um, only it's also got a similarity to this film. Very only that. Just about only that. Reliving something. A director and a writer have to find a way of showing you the same sequence of events over and over, but with a, enough different. Yeah, without you going like, okay, I get it. You know, yeah. 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 Um, and my second one is uh, a movie also by Summit Entertainment, interestingly enough, that I really enjoy. Buttlicker. Uh By director Alex Proyas, who's the director of Dark City. And that's Nicolas Cage in Knowing, which also had a really... I think it's a really good... I love the ending to it, especially. It, it plays in my mind. I, I love that director, Alex Proyas. I think it's... Uh, a visionary. I know. I know it's a Nicolas Cage movie. Yeah. But think of the plot. You love Nicolas Cage, but you're. you're and a lot of people don't. But what I'm saying is the actual scenario that is played, and what what fi- actually happens yeah. at the end. It's actually pretty epic. That movie. It's got um, some creepiness and it's got some spaciness and tugs at your heart a little bit now and then. And it's an interesting thing about the... It is one of his better performances in the last few years, we must say. I, I um, don't dislike him in anything. If he's being goofy... Are you serious? Are you talking about Next? Next was it was bad. What was Next? Next was where he could project what was going to happen. Yeah, Next, next was a bad movie. I thought he was not good in it either. I thought the movie, the actual... Just the, it was just crappy and general. You know what? There's a guy at work who loves that movie. Yeah. Like, loves it. How? Thinks it's genius. No. <laughs> and I remember watching it while I was watching it thinking, my brain Horrible. cells are dying. <laughs> yeah. Horrible. 
In fact, it's that horrible I'd forgot what it was. Until you... <laughs> so yeah, that's my two movie recommendations for this week. And mine are Day After Tomorrow, or The Day After Tomorrow, with Hall because I actually really like that one. It's the one where, you know, global warming or whatever, and uh, Dennis Quaid is has to find his son, who's Gyllenhaal, Which is, uh, by the snow comes, and it's disastrous, and I've, I've liked it since the first time I saw it. It's not perfect. Um, it's very, you know, it's an exploitive disaster movie or whatever, but I always enjoy it. 2012, um, Independence Day, that guy who makes all those movies. Who's that? Because Day After Tomorrow is a, a world better than 2012. Yeah, but, I mean, he makes I mean, disaster movies, and that's pretty that much his, all he does. Is that yeah, his shtick? Well, I like that one. And the other one is... I forget. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, because Michelle Moynihan is in it. Oh, yeah, and is. it is one of those movies that go into it. If you haven't seen it, and you listen to our recommendations and do everything we tell you to, don't look it up. Just get Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, Netflix, whatever. Watch it, and it'll you'll be like, that was weird. <laughs> What the hell is that? That is nothing I... Because it's got Val Kilmer. Awesome performance by Val Kilmer. Today. Val Kilmer. It's got uh, it's kind of a, Iron Man guy. Is Val Kilmer doing like a wacky... Um, He's wacky. Nicholas Cage. Don't not tell him, though. Don't Almost. say anything. Yeah, it's really good, though. Miss Kiss, Kiss, Bang, Bang. All right, so uh, games and A-Scully stuff for this week. I did play some No More Heroes 2 on the Wii, and I did talk about it last week, but we finished it this week, Suda51's game. It kind of ended weird. I didn't like the ending so much. It kind of the just ended. The second one ended. The second well? one just ended. All right. I mean, I expected something. You know, the first one had that interest in. Yeah, because it was going to be number two. Yeah, but do you remember the interest in um, where the half sister turns up and tells you that yeah. weird story? Yeah. There was none of that. It was just like, here's a thing, kill it, the end. So, it was. It felt really rushed at the end or something. Like they didn't have enough time to finish it. Overall, though, the game was really good. Hard to like say which is the better one because the first one has this open city that you can explore, and in the second one they took the open city away, making it feel a bit less fun. If you get what I mean, because it was very rigid. So then the first one's better. I don't know though. the The second one does everything better, apart from the open city, and the first one does everything right. worse and has the open city. So it's hard to say. I, I it, for me, it would be perfect if it was a mishmash of the two of them. The the I- well, maybe they make a third one with the best ideas thrown in there. So that's No More Heroes 2. I recommend it. You can get it for ten bucks on the Wii now. I mean, it's not bad. Um, the other game I've been playing this week is from the Xbox Live Arcade, uh, Summer of Arcade, that started on Wednesday. And it's Bastion, which um, is the first game in the series of uh, Summer of Arcade games this summer. And um, you saw me playing it. And what did you say? You said it was, like, old and new at the same time. It's old school, new school, mixed yeah. together. It's an interesting RPG slash action game, because it's not all stats and story. But the big hook on this game is there's a narrator who narrates the game. Now, he, narr- he doesn't narrate the game. Your narration could be different to mine. It depends how you play. He narrates what you do. So if you decide you go into the weapons locker and you get a gun and a machete when you come out he'll say something like the boy chose the gun and the machete the best uh, thing the best combination for killing the ghouls or whatever right. and then if I pick like something different he says something different if you die at a certain area he says things it's a dynamic narration I've never seen it done in any game I'm surprised because it's a simple idea really I mean all you do is record a bunch of dialogue it's not annoying it's not annoying at all because it's never you never rehear anything. Right, right. Unless you played it again, then you would, right? And but, you picked the machete and the knife again, he would say right. the same thing again. Or maybe you wouldn't. I think they've made it so if you've picked it once and heard it, you don't hear it again if you pick it. Right. So if you play it through start to finish, it's eight hours long, roughly. I'm about halfway through. You won't hear him say the same thing twice, which is a really novel experience because how many games do you hear the same thing? Oh, God. What did you play the other day where I was no like... No More Heroes. Um, no, no, no. It was... Um, Something with it was um, something with famous person at the helm saying the same thing over and over. I don't remember. I'll think of it. I do remember playing Shadows of the Damned and him saying, "Eat my big boner, eat my big boner, eat my big boner." Every time you fire the gun, and it's like after the third. That's funny. You you say that to me all the time. After the thirtieth time, a bump. That's what she said. (laughs) Eat my big boner. Oh, so that's where you got it. (laughs) So. 
Um, Bastion, I highly recommend it. It's a uh, Xbox Live Arcade. It's you should support it because it's a real. It's an indie developer. The guy used to work for GameStop, GameSpot, the the review website where in the times when Jeff Gerstmann used to be there, and he left them and started his own small. It was basically in a house. They they got four programmers in a house and started making this this game, Bastion. Then they tried to, when it was getting through the development, tried to sell it, and Warner Brother Games picked it up. So now they have a um, they call Super Giant Games the um, developer, but they're just four guys in a house made a game. Shows you what you can do, doesn't it? If you, you know, two years it took them. I think, if you're four guys in a house. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you know, it's sure. In this day and age, to make a retail product like that with four guys, it's instead of being hundred really people up. in cubicles. Yeah, so um, that should be the name of their company: Four Guys in a House. Yeah, but they're super giant games, so I say support them. It's a great game, really fun. Um, like nothing you've played really this year. It's it's a harken back to old RPGs, but with this new action spin on it. Um, this isn't a game, but it's something we both did this week. We watched. Um, I was telling you about Hammer House of Horror, which mm-hmm. is a old TV program from the seventies that ran in England. And if you've heard of Hammer Horror, if you're a horror fan, they were a they made old Dracula movies, anything with Christopher Lee and Vincent Price, all that stuff. Well, they had a TV show, and it was kind of like the Twilight Zone, but like a horror version of that, like an individual story every week. We watched one that stuck in my mind. Tales from the Crypt. Kind of like that, yeah. Yesterday. So we watched The House That Bled to Death, which was one episode of it. Um, I've seen it when I was a kid. It made a, made an, had an effect on me because, you know, we watched it this week. And can you imagine an 11-year-old no, watching it's, that? it's intense. Yeah, intense for an 11-year-old. And, you know, sexy and... Yeah, gory and... Yeah, so we watched House That Bled to Death. It's quite kind of hard to find, so if I'm recommending it here, it's not easy to find. There is a DVD available of it. It's out of print. costs about $80. It's the whole season. Um, so if you want it, it might cost you. But what do you think of House That Bled Today? I was captivated. You had already told me some of the highlights, so that kind of ruined those little, like, what would... Because I don't think you thought that I'd be able to see it, but then mm-hmm. you got to find it. But um, it's it's got that seventies methodical build up. It's it does. got it's you know it's a tale. It's a cautionary tale of greed and all this. And it's gore. I mean, yeah, I'm forty three. I've seen a lot of horror movies. I've been through a lot of life, so I'm fairly jaded in terms of not being grossed out by things. You know, you might see a severed limb and you might see some blood. It doesn't really gore me out. But it's just the way it's done. Like you said, it's not like a TV show. It's like a horror movie. A small Like a well-produced, well-thought-out, well-acted horror movie in an hour. And I can't wait to see some more unless that was the highest highlight one. No, it's not the highlight one. You know what? The, those the, the episodes span all kinds of things. And I'm talking like there are full-on episodes that take place in Victorian England, like right, Jack the Ripper right. and stuff like that. Right. It's really good. It's a good series. Um, it's we, quality. I think we should sure. just watch one every week. Sure. Just, you know, and get... I mean, it's not many. There's ten of them. I think. How about if I watch them all by myself? How about not? Oh, see, there we go again. So, um, yeah, that's the house of... What am I? I like I say to you, it's hard. They're not on Netflix... You can go on Amazon and buy them. Okay. They, they cost a lot of money. You might be able to... I don't know where else you would find them. Can Is they it? borrow yours? No. <laughs> Once you get something, you're very possessive. Um, I, I uh, Finally, I had a Logitech keyboard and mouse. This oh, is another this scenario is a new issue. this week. Okay. Um, I've had a Logitech keyboard and mouse for the last four years, maybe? I thought we'd had Logitech for a long time. Well, this, this particular set, it was the MX5500. It was like a expensive Bluetooth keyboard wireless and mouse what keyboard and mouse it's been nothing but aggro for me I mean every year pretty much on the dot you can say oh look it's been a year since this happened it It, breaks down it starts not working I mean the right mouse button stops working also the space bar sticks on the keyboard so each each year and the keys you stick. don't like for gaming because they kind of no, click, like stick, if you stick, press stick, them yeah. in the wrong place, they you know. So, I 
got this you know it's been happening every year every year I phone Logitech up they say oh yeah sorry about that send it back to us we'll send you a new one and without every year without fail I get a new one put it on my desk it's fine for a year and it literally is a year and then it stops working so this week started happening again uh, right click's not working it's really annoying you have to turn the mouse off underneath with the switch and then back on and then it'll work for a few hours and then it'll stop working again so I finally emailed them and said I need this replacing I have to say Logitech's customer support is pretty good but the product is not good but anyway they've sent me another one although my mouse has lasted a very long time and it's perfect yeah and I have got Logitech I'm not saying Logitech in general but I'm saying I have Logitech speakers don't I yeah yeah they're awesome I do too I've got Logitech stuff that has been good and I've also got Logitech stuff that has been bad Um, I have a set of speakers that made a buzzing noise all the time and Logitech wouldn't do anything about them even though we took them to a, a t- they said it was our wiring in our house we took them to somebody else's house yeah, and we they did. still did it so um, it was the odds of two people having bad wiring so um, you know I've had ups and downs it's a mixed them. bag with Logitech so I've decided to ditch Logitech for my keyboard and mouse and go with Razer this time um, I, so I bought a new keyboard this week and I was buying a new mouse but they didn't have the mouse in stock it's not in stock till the end of July so at the moment I'm using a wired mouse which is Old fashioned. Harkening back to what ten years ago, or or where I work currently, we have right. all wired mice. So I got a new keyboard, which, which is... happens to be a technology services for the state government. I work in a data center, and yet we don't have wireless devices because I guess it's just yeah, it's too. There much. are hundreds and you hundreds have to keep of replacing batteries, yes. and all that stuff. So um, I got a new keyboard, which is the Razer Marauder StarCraft Two keyboard. It's a pretty cool keyboard. Dun, dun, dun. It's a wired keyboard, but it's got the what you call it? I think wired on the keyboard is not an issue, in my opinion. In fact, I wouldn't mind to have a well, wired keyboard. Well, you again. don't take it anywhere. You don't wander around, yeah. And if I need to put it in my lap, it's not exactly a short card. So, um, but anyway, it's a light up keyboard, and it lights up any color you want. You it's can... sort of like pit my ride looking. Yeah, <laughs> you can change the light. It's got three different lighting zones on the keyboard. It's got like uh, I don't know what these are called. Um, Side lights, it's got underglow lights underneath the keyboard, and it's the keyboard itself lights up. And you can change independently the colors of all of those um, zones. And what's interesting, I play StarCraft 2, and it if you use it for StarCraft 2, it actually alerts you to in game events by flashing colors at you. It's actually really amazing. I was playing a game, and when it started flashing red, I knew to run back to my base. It's really good. So it's really awesome keyboard. It looks amazing, right? I mean, it's the best yeah. keyboard I've ever seen. I mean, it just looks... We oud nod over the colors for about a half an hour the other day as yeah. you change them. You can change the colors. I'll change the colors. set up a couple macros so he can, like... Uh, oh, yeah, that's... Change the color. Change the color. That's blue. Oh. And you can change it to any color you want, like any. Millions of colors. So um, I I think it's cool. Um, um, you know, Logitech is sending me back a brand new mouse and I'll stick it on eBay and sell it because <laughs> I'm done with that set. I don't want to open it, use it, and then it break again. So You um, could keep it as a backup. No, I'm going to get rid of it and give use it, it to, to pay for this mouse. I'm I don't like it. the clickety keyboard, though. It's an awful keyboard. I, I wouldn't I'm recommend it. I'm about ready for a new keyboard, to be honest. I wouldn't recommend it to anybody. So um, that's the keyboard. And I think you're, I've got something here that will probably go in your section. Kilroy. Okay. All right, so what, what have you got? What's for dinner first? Oh, you don't want to discuss Kilroy? No, first, what's for dinner? What's for dinner is, I believe I want some Mexican food of some kind, and I don't know how that's going to manifest itself, because my mother's in town. So, I don't know if we're eating supper with her, or she's coming over here, we're going to order in, or we're going to... I don't know yet. So, we're going to cope with that after the fact. You can't turn up your nose like someone preparing or bringing you dinner in just because you don't doesn't. You, I thought you meant Mexican food from a restaurant. You know, I'm not a fan of that. No, I mean like make it. Making it, yeah. Yeah, like make get some tortillas and make some um, griller stuff and get some lettuce and tomatoes and some guacamole and I don't know though, some form of something. <laughs> that tonight is the first night I haven't had a clear answer because when my mom's in town. You know, they've gone to see Harry Potter, so I don't know what they'll want. And You're going swimming anyway. You might not even have dinner until really late. Possib- no, that's not true. And I might possibly go swimming. I said that right. was a possibility. Ugh. <laughs> possibility. Now, what were you saying to me? Kilroy. Kilroy. The Kilroy thing. The Kilroy is a play. Kilroy was here. 
that our nephew, 14-year-old nephew, was involved in. It was a production brought to our little community by the Parks and Recreation Department of the town. And, well, you should talk about it, because I can say all I want, because you know I'm going to love it. I think he's awesome in it, and all the kids did a great job. It is a fictional tale of a young soldier who originates the little drawing of Kilroy, which I didn't even know that's what it was, but it's... The, I knew that immediately. When you said the, it was Kilroy, I said, yeah, oh, I it's had that no guy idea. who pairs over the it's wall. It's the dude who... The little cartoon drawing with two hands... Looking over a wall. ...with the nose hanging down, and the wall drawn across with the eyes, you know. And this is a fictional story of the soldier who started that and why, and then there are spies involved, and our nephew plays it's a musical. spy. Yeah, there's songs, and there's Rosie the Riveter girls, and they're all dressed in 1940s, it's World War Two. It's just, in my opinion... It was fantastic. One of the best parts And you of know it. what? They only worked on it for two weeks. Yeah. Four hours a day for five days a week for two weeks. And it came together. They had 14 songs to sing, loads of dance numbers to do, lots of dialogue. It was, I mean, to, for any grown-ups to put the effort and the time into that, to getting it to happen, and all these kids practicing their little hearts out to... It was just amazing. It was also a cool theater. I like the theater. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was like like a a university in our town, Lincoln University, and they have a really nice... Like a real theater, yeah. Like a... Not old-fashioned, because it's not all flourished and shit. Yeah, it's got like a balcony in the back, and it's designed really well. The seats were pretty comfortable, except you're a little bit long in the the tooth. (laughs) I have long legs. Long in the legs. So they always stick in... Whatever we go to, my legs will stick in the back of somebody's seat. Yeah, but it was real. I think... I thought it was enjoyable. We've videoed it, and there's some clips on Facebook. If you go on my yeah. Facebook page, you'll see them. They they won't be your friend though. You don't have everybody as your friend on Facebook. I think I've got show stuff to everybody on my. Oh right. You don't have to be my friend. And the only down thing of the play was more of a a social problem with individuals. And what would that be? You know what I'm talking about. Some asshole grandpa guy sat like three or four seats down from us in the middle of the show at various times takes a phone call and when it's the, the play's really quiet first off and second off the microphones aren't working the best for the yeah. kids like, so you're having to strain to hear exactly what they're saying anyway this guy not even not even talking volume like louder than that like he's yeah tra- but he actually his hand over his mouth he did but I could hear every single he's like yep yeah. And where are you now? Yeah, what's going on? Yeah, where? what time yeah, are you going to yeah. be here? Yeah, what time? Yeah. I love you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just full-on conversation. And it was so... I wanted to... If my look could kill... Not just you. The there ladies, would be an The ladies behind us were also... Oh, yeah, like, the lady was like... And I said, what really irritated me was the woman who was with him. Because they were kind of off to these two seats. It didn't even phase her. The woman who was with him actually asked him what the phone call was about yeah. when he was finished. And then they had, and a, then conversation they had a conversation yeah. <laughs> Now, you know, I try to be a positive person. I'm not always because I think lots of nasty shit in this world exists. That is a piece of work right there. I mean, if Pete, you didn't want to come I mean, you're at kids and enjoy event. the play without blabbing your mouth, then don't come. Like, like you're at a kid's event. Maybe your kid isn't on the stage at that particular time. Exactly. But it doesn't mean ours isn't. And ours, when did know. he happen to do it? Right when my nephew exactly. uh, appeared. And we're videoing it, and he's on our video talking. So Ugh, what an asshole! He might be the greatest guy in the world, no, but that is inappropriate. Asshole. Um, <laughs> it so, didn't ruin the play, though. No, good play. Um, so anything else? Meaning of life. Don't be an asshole. Sauce code. Pardon? Sauce codes got something to do with the meaning of life story. A little bit. So, um, thanks for listening to the show. I want to remind you about our websites, ascully.com, sidtalk.com. You can catch us both on Twitter, Facebook, Google+. Plus. <laughs> Where else? Xbox YouTube. Live, PlayStation YouTube. Network, YouTube. Um, our websites, ascully.com and sidtalk.com. You can catch this podcast on the Zoom Marketplace if you've got a Zoom. Not many people have, but we like to cater I do. Because you have one, we like to cater to those people. I have one, I Um, love it. You also might have a Windows 7 phone, a lot of people do, and that's where you will find the podcast, on the Zoom Marketplace, when you plug your phone in. Um, You can also find us on iTunes, if you've got an Apple device. You can find us on ascoli.com, just click on the word podcast, subscribe with anything, a PC, a laptop, a Mac, a... Wouldn't you be curious to find out how most people listen? A toothbrush think everything you do you think is there any way to find out yeah i can see what i i know how many mac versus 
Um, yeah, but you don't but not know for the podcast for the who's website. Listening just from the site and who's downloading it, who's downloading it to their PC and listening, who's getting it on the Zoom. You can't tell that. I can tell how many people are getting it from iTunes versus mm. Zoom place. And I will tell you now, iTunes trumps everything. Right. That's where people get it from, generally. Um, the page, streaming straight off the page is the and second. why do we tell them if they're already listening? Just uh, tell your friends. <laughs> so, um, you can email feedback to me at aschoolyatasechoolyat.com. Sit talk, no, don't email her. And... <laughs> Um, stay classy, Mr. Jake Gyllenhaal, and do not do another Prince of Persia. Do more things like this. Very nice, and I'm going to say think for yourself, because if you don't do it, someone's going to do it for you. <laughs> <laughs>